This episode is brought to you by Bus Vacation Rentals, a premier property management company in Houston and Galveston areas. Bus Vacation Rentals specializes in managing short-term rentals the right way. Give Bus a call today at 281-549-8432 to learn more. Or check out the website at www.buzzvacationrentals.com. Now, back to the Real Estate Ballers Show. You are listening to The Real Estate Ballers Show. I'm your host, V. Lee. This is the show where I interview upcomers, doers, and ballers of the real estate investing world. I want to bring you real-life lessons and takeaways so that you can make smarter decisions about investing in real estate and accelerating your real estate businesses. The purpose is to help you to reach your financial freedom in real estate investing faster. Hey, Adam, how are you? Hey, V, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Well, I'm very excited. I just got back from the uh, Vacation Rental Management Association in Chicago. So uh, very excited about what I learned from the uh, summit and just, you know, how we're going to grow our business. Were you a guest speaker? No, I was just an attendee, but okay. I, have, I do uh, volunteer on a committee with the association. Great. Yes. So I think that kind of lead us to where we're going to talk about today, right? Hot buzz around short-term rental, vacation rentals, and some people, the amateur would call it Airbnb, but we're going to call it vacation rental or short-term rentals. Do you think they are as lucrative as people make them out to be? That's the question we're going to answer today. Yeah. So here's my take on it. If you ever go to Vegas and you're with eight friends and everybody goes to the blackjack table and the two people who win are telling you all about their winnings, but you don't hear about anything from the other people. Yeah. So there's a very real possibility that the same thing happens with people who are short-term rental operators. And that is people are just telling you about all their successes or maybe the front-end revenue and perhaps they might not be keeping track of all the back-end costs accurately. I totally agree with you on that assessment um, because, okay, so sometimes we we meet with people, group that talk about vacation rental, and they'll pull up and show their revenue from uh, Airbnb, and they probably show the best month revenue, you know, but they don't show all the month's revenue, right? So you talk about one month revenue, yeah, it could be an awesome month, but that, that may be the only revenue they got for five months. That's right. That's right. Or they'll talk about their daily rate that they're charging and they'll forget about the utilization or occupancy component. That's right. So when we talk about vacation rental or if you're considering putting your investment property into the short-term rental or vacation rental pool, what are some of the things that one should consider just to make sure that they make a good investment in your opinion? Right. So if somebody's been used to being a long-term rental uh, buy and hold person, mm-hmm. you really have to get into the mindset that you've shifted and you're now in the hotel business. That's right. And I think you just nailed it. Yeah. And so there's you're responsive to the guests in a different way, but you have to get the place cleaned all the time every few days or however often it mm-hmm. is. 
and you have to make sure everything is stocked and all those things that were the tenant's responsibility in the long term are now yours. And the um, utilities are now your responsibility and all the costs are different. And so you just have to recognize if you're going to be in the short-term rental, all the costs there and that you've got to have a certain occupancy or utilization rate for it to work. It's not just the daily rate that you see posted when you're scoping around and looking at what other Airbnbs are renting for. I think you are totally correct on that. And there's also, there's two different kinds of market um, when you com- when you do your assessment or comps for your short-term rental. Um, you have the urban market, which in cities like Houston, Dallas, Boston, you know, Seattle. And then you also have these destination market would be like Gatlinburg, Destin, you know, beach city like Florida. So when you look at urban market, your occupancy rate is probably lower than your destination market. So you just got to put all that into consideration. And I think some of the things people always forget is the utility. You got to supply internet, utility, you know, water, electricity, lawn maintenance, pets maintenance, things that you don't do in a typical long-term rental uh, that you now have to provide in a short-term rental. And and you have the initial layout too. Correct. Yes. And so with the forever rising in price, not only in real estate pricing, but you also have the cost of furniture on the rise as well. So a home that used to cost us 12000 to furnish now is twenty twenty five. So you have to put that into considerations of how long it takes to recoup that initial investment back. Right. And what are some um, other fees that you charge guests other than just the rent rate? So you have a pet fee as an example. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss another show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Uh, We do have a pet fee. We have uh, extra people fee. We have late checkout fee, early check-in fee. Mm-hmm. Those are the main fees that we charge the, the guests when they book with us. But I would say for an investor who looking into short-term rental, just use your common sense and really look at all the expenses that you have up front. And I personally would not consider putting a property into a short-term rental if my rent rate doesn't double what my long-term rent rate would be. So if the house would rent for 2000 on a long-term, I would probably want to get 4000 on a short-term because by the time I pay property management uh, fee, utility, you know, and all the upkeep maintenance with it, at least I would break even or make more money. Yeah, so I've got three short-term rentals. They're, none of them have been around for at least a year. So we yeah. haven't gone through the whole year cycle. And so we've had month-to-month erratic kind of performance yeah. Yeah. on it. But just overall, we're starting to get some more stability yeah. um, on it. And I think that our real revenue is about 75% more than our long-term revenue uh, would be on a long-term rental. So we're not quite at the doubling that you're at, but this is our first time. So it's been a learning curve on it. One of the things we've done that's really helped our revenue lately is we fenced in backyards and that allowed us to have uh, pet fees for the dogs. And that's really helped the overall uh, average 
revenue. Uh, pets are fun. If you have the ability to accept pet, I would say do them because that increase your re- uh, revenue, you know, for the property. Because, you know, almost every- everybody travel with pet nowadays. And especially if you're in an urban, uh, uh, well, I'll say urban or destination market, pets are getting popular. Right. So if somebody's thinking about getting into the short-term rental business, I would really recommend they talk to a few different people who are local operators who are willing to talk with them about their overall cost and the utilization. I just can't emphasize enough how important that utilization part is because if you're running it at 50%, you're going to have a real hard time making money. Well, but you know what? In an urban market, that's what we're actually looking at, 50 to 60% occupancy. And you're making money at 50% and you're doubling your rent versus your long-term rent. Wow. For the right property, yes. Okay. So I think what back to your point earlier of you got to make sure your home is like a hotel. So for there are operators who say, well, I'm just going to put some cheap furniture into my home and make it into an Airbnb. So they call because that's what everyone else is doing. You know, that model, I don't think will last very long. And I know several people who are actually out of the business because of that model. So back to our question, is this lucrative? It can be lucrative, but you got to do it right. And I, I hope that you find it out sooner rather than later. <laughs> right. Of course, you know, people are airbnb anything. There is somebody I saw who's airbnb a, a hammock in their backyard. So you never know. Well, you know, with uh, the young uh, millennials and um, not to uh, uh, stereotyping any group here, (laughs) (laughs) but I think yeah, uh, younger people have a desire to want to experience things. So the experiences are trending like, you know, glamping. (laughs) Right. Those type of things. Or there are even tiny homes that are getting real popular now. Well, funny you mentioned that. So a friend of mine is Airbnb being his main big house and behind it, he's got a, an ADU, a tiny house in the back. And he's performing better with this one little 600 square foot house in the back than he is with the big house that's all decked out in the front. And, and I think for the percentage ROI for what you got in the home and your return, for a, a single operator, that's probably make a lot of sense, right? Um, but if you want to build a hands-off approach where you want to hire a property management company, it will be challenging to uh, find a company to manage one tiny home. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It essentially doesn't make sense for a, a business to, to run, you know, a one uh, tiny home management because I mean, what you, you you get fifty dollars for a cleaning fee, and ha- having to find someone to drive out to the property to do a clean for fifty dollars, it's it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. How many properties are you managing nowadays, Lee? Uh, we at twenty. Twenty, got it. And uh, our homes are mostly bigger homes, three to four to five bedroom, three, four, five bedrooms and up. So, what's your main tip for somebody who's thinking about? shifting from a long-term rental to a short-term rental on one of their properties? I would say talk to the local, like you uh, said earlier. Talk to somebody who know what they're doing. You know, gather information and determine how much your time is worth. Let's see if it's something you want to handle yourself or hire a management company to do for you and and then go from there. Um, And I think that you need to be considered that you're going to do this for one to two years, because I say for the first year, 
most of your cost will go into recouping that cost of furniture. And then your second year is your profit year. And then by the third year, you have a, a book of business. You know, people will come back and book again if you have a nice property. So don't skimp. Don't, you know, cut corner up front because you pay for it one way or another. And we learn it the hard way, you know. You think it's a bad idea to tell guests they need to bring their own bed with them? <laughs> hey, you know what? I was talking to some company out of, uh, I think, Canyon Lake, Texas, near San Antonio, the hill country. They don't supply linens. The guests have to bring their own linens. So really? can you imagine coming to a home and having to bring your sheets and pillowcases and blankets? Man, that's crazy. <laughs> so to each his own, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so if you know and understand that this is actually a hotel business, then it will help your your mind to process this uh, investment strategy much better. And then you can decide whether you want to be a Motel 6 model or you want to be, you know, uh, a five-star resort model. Makes sense. Okay, did we miss anything else? No, I think we hit all the highlights. All right. So it's still not too late to get into the short-term rental business, but just make sure you do it right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want more, join our Facebook group, RE Ballers, for further discussions of this episode. Wherever you are listening to your podcast, please subscribe to the Real Estate Ballers so you never miss another show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate a five-star rating, a written review, or if you simply share it with a friend. That would help us too. See you next time.